Welcome to the Writer's Hour, where we have creative conversations with up-and-coming authors on their latest books. This is the place to be if you wish to get a preview of new books that are available for the voracious bibliophile, as well as the story behind the story for the voyeur who wishes a peek behind the creative curtain. Here's your host, Janine Bolin. Hi, welcome back to the Writer's Hour Creative Conversations. I'm Janine Bolin, and with us today is a wonderful author by the name of Trish Wilkinson. She is the co-author of Brain Stages, How to Raise Smart, Confident Kids and Have Fun Doing It. Trish is also the mother of two children. She taught elementary and middle school for more than 23 years, and she's a total science nerd. See, you see why we get along so well. She keeps up with the latest brain research because studies continually confirm her Brain Stages Thrive framework. Trish developed effective, practical tools to raise her own children who suffered with attention, anxiety, and auditory processing challenges. She helped them become successful adults with these tools. She's also given these tools to hundreds of other students with a solid academic, social, and emotional foundation through this process. She now coaches parents and facilitates life-challenging and changing workshops and courses, not only for the children, but for the parents and the principals and the professionals to help these children thrive in our very complicated world that just seems to be getting more complicated by the day. It's amazing what can happen when years of creativity and practical experience merge with thousands of hours of poring over the latest brain research. Thanks so much for being with us today, Trish. Oh, it's so fun to be here. And I like the little, you know, nuances that you added in there. That was great. That was really fun. Because we do have a lot in common in this whole science thing, right? Yeah, I was trained as an analytical biochemist. And so I studied the cell at the molecular level. So, you know, stuff you couldn't even see for the most part. But it's one of those things that uh, I homeschooled my four children because of the challenges that I saw that the public school system had in trying to integrate so many different philosophies and put in a one-size-fits-all. Now, most of the teachers that I have chatted with are not wanting that, but, you know, a system is a system, and when you have uh, testing results determining what's going on, in the school system because they want those uh, test results to look good so they can get more students in, you you can see where things get driven in a certain way. But we're here not to talk about homeschooling or the actual educational process, although we could spend an hour. I know, right? Uh, Many, many hours on On just that alone. You and I can get caught up in that. But let's talk instead about the actual writing of the book. So it's one thing to spend the hundreds to thousands of hours that you have poured over research, but consolidating all that research, synthesizing it, and then helping other people integrate that into action plans. Come on, you wrote the book on the topic. Talk to us about that. What What's the story behind the story? Oh my gosh, this is actually a great story. So I had written this book proposal for a grade-by-grade guide through elementary school because it was actually my husband that said, you know, Trish, we worked so hard and you in particular worked so hard to figure this out with our own children who have challenges. Wouldn't it have been great if there was some kind of book that you could have just picked up off the shelf that said, okay, this is kind of where their brains are and how they're developing. This is where they are socially. Here's all the stuff they have to learn. And here are a whole bunch of games to play, right? (laughs) 
And so he was the one who told me to write the book in the first place. So I wrote this great book proposal. I took a class to do it. it, took me several weeks. It was like 100 pages long or 85 pages or something like that. But just primo that I had gotten all this feedback, fine-tuned it, sent it out to all these agents and talked to all these independent publishers. And basically they said, it's a great idea, Trish, but books by teachers like this don't sell. And that's what I kept hearing over and over again. So I put all of my notes into my garage and hadn't touched them for 18 months. And then we decided to move from San Diego, California to Bend. And I thought nothing's happening with this book. I had put thousands of hours into putting all the research and all this stuff together. And I thought, you know what? I'm not gonna use it anyway. I thought I was called to write this book, I guess not. And I threw away all of my notes. <laughs> and then not one month after we moved to Bend, I also coach other authors. I have several best-selling authors now. So I was coaching an author and this independent publisher calls me who I had never heard of, calls me from Colorado and says, um, Trish, you worked with one of my other authors. He told me what your background is. I have this um, PhD who has done all of this brain research with kids and how they learn and how their brains develop. And long story short, she wanted to know if we could write a book together. So I had thrown out away. I had just thrown away all of my notes. I mean, I just went through mourning for, for a bit um, because I had to redo a whole bunch of stuff. Then we're getting this together. We're going to write the whole book together and Jackie passes away. So I have this PhD working with me. So I had all of her research and then I had to update research because the brain research, that's how I became, I was always a little bit of a science nerd, <laughs> but then I became so much more of a science nerd. And the thing that was very exciting about that whole process is I learned what happens in the brain and why all of the things I had learned in teaching all those kids and teaching all the grades at one point or another, why those things worked, what happens in the brain, why playing little games like add a move where you do a move and then another person does another move, what happens in the brain and how that improves working memory and gets kids out of their anxiety, their emotion centers and into the thinking. But you understand what I'm talking about, the process of writing it. I learned so much about the process. So what I want to say to writers is sometimes we get so frustrated when we have to go back and redo something. But in that learning process, sometimes that completely recreates our writing. And the other thing that was really fun about brain stages is I thought I was being self-indulgent in writing these, they're called real deal stories, true stories about people. They were our own family, friends of ours, you know, because the craziest stories are the most fun, right? <laughs> And it was so, you know, and I'm, I'm a story writer. I mean, I, I've written a young adult fiction series that's never actually been published. And someday it should be, and it probably will be, but right now I've been focusing all the, on all the parenting stuff. But the point is, is I wrote all of these fiction stories that I thought were self-indulgent and the publisher loved them so much when I sent it back that she, um, she gave me like a week to write five more short stories. If you're an author out there, you know how much time it takes to write a really strong short story. I mean, it's not just, oh, just slip it in, write it down. It's 
finessing the words and you know, making sure, and there's a certain kind of story structure that you have to do in a really condensed way. I mean, short stories in some ways I think are, are more challenging to write even than a novel because you have to get all of the elements into such a short amount of space. So, so just such a crazy process, but I really wanna tell everybody whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, the process is part of it. And we have to look at it as that's part of the fun. You know, slapping it on, you know, writing the rough draft for a lot of people is the most fun because you're just slapping it on the paper and writing it and discovering it as it goes. But then when you go back and you're doing the revision and fleshing it out, so that people, so that readers can really see the scenes, play that movie in their minds, smells, sights, sounds, all the, all that kind of stuff that we add and, and reveal about characters. I mean, that's, for me, that's the fun part. I like doing, you know, discovering the story and what the, and what the characters are telling me as I go, but I also love fleshing out the scenes so that they're really vivid and visceral for people to experience. Really engages all the senses that way. I've uh, been told many times by readers that one of the things they like about a particular author or what have you is that they feel like they are teleported. They are transported into that world, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter. But the storytelling is really what is the important part. So talk to us a little bit about your system. So here you have a publisher that's like, yeah, oh, wonderful. Love your short stories. We want five more. Oh, and you have a week or, you know, whatever that is, whatever that time frame is. So talk to us a little bit about your systems for writing. How do you hit those deadlines? What what is it that you do to write? Well, I I look at it as an artistic process that, and I always look at it as fun, even when I don't want to look at it as fun, you know, because sometimes when we're doing things for work, sometimes it takes a little bit of the fun out of it, right? <laughs> so I have like these affirmations and things that I read for myself that remind myself that I'm doing this for fun, that, that writing feeds my soul, right? It's something that I feel compelled to do, that I enjoy doing. I've been writing since I was a little kid. I used to play the guitar all the time and write songs and poems and, and stories. I've always been a storyteller. I used to tell stories to kids on the block, right? You know, they'd sit around and I'd tell ghost stories and <laughs> that kind of thing. So but my process is I always give myself a chance to sit down and brainstorm first. And I block my time because if I don't block my time, it doesn't get done. Does that make sense? I think a lot of times we're, we're working, we're doing this or that, whatever we're doing. And if we don't block our time and, and carve out a certain amount of time that we're going to work on our writing, a lot of times that's the first thing to go. So for me, I block it in my schedule and I use my cell phone all the time to set alarms for things so that I make my appointments, but also so that I write and I give myself brainstorming time first before I ever start writing. So I have a little bit of an idea of where I think I might want to go. It doesn't mean that it's not going to change, but what it means is I have a little bit of a plan because I'm not, I'm not an outliner per se, like I know I have friends who are authors who outline their books and that really works for some people, but I have to have a certain amount of discovery, but I found just being a pantser, just writing it all down 
it means that it takes me twice as long to write a book. Whereas if I just, I have this great thing, in fact, um, by, so Larry Brooks, story engineering, it doesn't sound exciting because he calls it story engineering, but he goes through this whole um, thing on what story structure should look like. And I have these graphic organizers that one of his students created at some point. So what I do is I give myself some brainstorming time. I have a full graphic organizer that has all the information on what goes in a story. And it's the same, same for a short story or a full length novel. And then I have a blank one. So I just jot down notes and give myself some time to brainstorm and then just write it all out, slap it down on the paper. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to finesse it. Nothing, just get it down. And then once I get it down, then I can flesh everything out and play with it. And, and for me, that's, that's the most fun. And if things change, you know, if the structure changes after I slap it down, oh, well, you know, because nothing is set in stone, right? It's a creative process. But I find that it takes me so much less time and I'm so much more efficient if I just have those notes and kind of some kind of structure down. So you're not one of these writers then that you actually write every day. That's the other thing. Um, are you more project based or do you have to write every day? I am more project based and I didn't used to be. I used to be a writer every day, but now I'm more project based since I'm doing all this parenting stuff with brain stages. So it came out um, depending on where you look on the Internet, because I have an independent publisher um, whom I love, but in some places it says the book came out in November 2018. In other places it says it came out in December 2018, um, which means that there were no pre-sales, no, and we we were going to talk about that the whole publishing process. Um, I, and so so I the answer to that question is I used to write every day. Now I'm project based because I have so much other writing I do. I have blog posts that are due every two weeks. I have, you know, I mean, I have emails to my email list once a week, you know, I have all of the, so I'm writing constantly. I'm just not writing books right, right. now. And that, that was one of the things that I, I'm grateful that you shared that with us because when you first start off as a writer, before you have that first book, you're writing almost every day. And that's where a lot of that advice comes from. But at some point, there, there's a place in your writing career where you get that first book out and now it's all about taking care of your readership, letting them know that you're still alive and yes, you are working on the next book or you're working on the next project or what, whatever that is and you're inviting them in. And so like you say, you're, you're still writing every day, but it's not, it's not, doesn't look the same, that the writing focus shifts a little bit as you move into these other projects. So with what you are doing with your writing, do you see yourself writing a second book? Well, the publisher has actually talked to me about writing a book for middle school and another one for high school because there, there would be different focuses. Um, and I don't know when that is going to happen. I'm actually launching a, a course for parents right now. I mean, I'm just doing other things right now. So my writing is in other areas because there's so much to do to promote a book. And, you know, the, the publisher does a certain amount of Amazon ads or tweets every now and then or whatever, but really the person who's been responsible for promoting this book is me. 
And Correct. I think, you know, Excuse me for cutting in here. It's like I have heard that from every author, whether they were published through a publishing house, whether it was an independent publisher or they were self-published, that uh, people always say, well, I was actually published through a publishing house. And I said, oh, so what was their marketing budget for that? And they're like, uh, not much, like almost zero. I mean, almost every author comes back with that. So here you are working your guts out to get this book completed. And then you realize, oh, now it's my job to market said book. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, because you've been incredibly successful. You have managed to sell almost 3,000 copies. That is nothing to sneeze at, lady. So, well, I, I, I feel like it should be more. I mean, one of, one of my clients that I helped him um, write his memoir, he just hit 150,000. <laughs> so I guess maybe that's why I feel like 3,000 is, is not as many as I would like. But um, so my publisher has had a budget and there was also an agreement that I would pay for half of whatever she paid for. Um, and, but it also meant that she was doing all of it and deciding pretty much where the money went and, and whatever, I didn't have any say in it. And, and now I get, um, you know, I get statements back and she just tells me how much money she's put into it. And then, you know, half of my, royalties come up. So even though I've sold 3000 books, I've probably averaged maybe 75 cents a book, <laughs> not even like a, a regular traditional publisher. Um, now, since I, when I got over 2,500 copies, I have a higher percentage that I make from the book, but it's still, so now I make like a dollar a copy. <laughs> well, that, but that's actually right on track with what I've learned from other people that uh, it used to be, you know, this is the dark ages of 2000, 2004. Uh, if an author got 10 cents on a book, that was considered very good until you hit the uh, 300 mark or 1000 book market depended on your contract. So you're actually doing very well. Now I know it's very easy for us to compare, right? Somebody else, you know, they sell 150,000 copies and you're like, where's my audience? But the thing is, is you've got to build it. And so you're learning to build, there's so much of a learning curve in this. So a lot of times, uh, some of the advice I've heard has been, well, the second book sells more copies of the first book. And that's why I always ask these folks who finally get this book out, and you're right, there's a lot to launch. But that second book will help you sell so many more copies because now they know they are multi-book authors. So that's why I asked that. So talk to us a little bit about when the writing community, because you've mentioned you have a community of authors. Where have they been the most helpful to you? Um, so I live in Central Oregon and we have this thing called the Central Oregon Writers Guild and I'm the secretary on the board and if anybody who's listening out there is a writer, an author, or a writer who wants to be an, a published author, I would definitely recommend getting together. You know, there are writing groups pretty much everywhere because if you can write with a community, because it's kind of a solitary thing that we do, right? And if you can connect with other authors, you'll get feedback from people who you know, who have a little more of a clue. You can't get decent feedback from your spouse or a sibling or your mother or, you know, whatever, because they love you, they know you. And the other thing is, is when they're reading things, they know you and they may be filling in the blanks mentally because they know you so well. 
Whereas if you have another author, so, so that's where I've gotten a lot of support is, you know, through support from other authors and, um, Hey, I've read this great book. I, in fact, a friend of mine was just telling me she read Save the Cat um, Writes a Novel, I think is what it's called, Save a Cat Writes a Novel. So I've been using Larry Brooks's story engineering because I really like the format. Um, but she said, I also like Save the Cat Writes a Novel. It used to be just Save the Cat, which was about screenwriting. So now there's a book that's writes a novel. And she said, I found both of those books really helpful. And we're both editors as well as writers. So now I'm going to check that out. In other words, when we have a writing community, we're talking to people who understand what it means to get your tush in the chair. <laughs> because a lot of times we talk about writing and we think we're writing all the time because there's so much going on in our heads. But unless we get our rear ends in the chair and we block time to be writing, whether it's daily or so many days a week, it doesn't even matter how much, as long as we're consistent, then it's, you know, our writing is never going to go anywhere. Whereas when we connect with other writers, find out whatever, what other writing groups are going on, and there are other people to hold you accountable, and you block time and they support you in that, and, and it just makes it more fun, honestly. I totally agree. And this has been Janine Bolin with Trish Wilkinson. She is a certified language development specialist, a credentialed teacher who has taught hundreds of students over her 23 years, mom of two, and now she's coaching parents and professionals on brain stages. Thank you so much for being with us and talking to us about your writing project and your writing process. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. And this is Janine Bolin with the Writer's Hour Creative Conversations. Please join us next Friday when we will have a new author, new guest. And remember to keep that tush of yours in the chair while you reach for the stars in your writing. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Writer's Hour. To hear more about the creative conversations that Janine Bolin is sharing with her listeners, please visit JanineBolin.com forward slash guest. Yes.